Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to this week's episode of the Imaginary Movie Podcast, a podcast where we watch a movie and then we bicker about quotes from it. My name's David and this is the worst podcast I've ever been on. (laughs) My name's Sam. Are we just not talking about any of the slavery that should be in this movie? (laughs) And I'm Ross. You are, without a doubt, the worst podcaster I've never heard of, Dave. (laughs) Brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, so this week uh, we watched in the continuing run of movies that I wanted us to watch. Uh, we watched 2003's Pirates of the Caribbean: colon, The Curse of the Black Pearl. Can we get these fucking titles out of here? It's Man. the first one. Pirates of the Caribbean is fine. That's enough. It, yeah, this wasn't like a Star Wars thing, was it? When it was retroactively added, Episode Four, even though it's the first one. But they didn't do that. This was from the beginning. So. It, they obviously knew they had, they were onto a winner and they wanted to differentiate that a little bit. Oh, well, if that's the case, just number them. Number them. Number, yeah, number one. It'd be a lot fucking easier to tell these movies apart. Yeah. Like, well, um, I was trying to think, what's, how many has there been? Because all you get is the names. I just want the figure. I don't want the, the names of the chapters. Five. There's, been, uh, there's five. been five, I think. I have seen all of these movies. Um, a, another podcast I listened to. Uh, did a did a month where they did all five of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Wow, I know, I know, but they have a they have a Patreon. They're like a proper podcast. We <laughs> hate movies, so like you know, they're 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 paid to put themselves through that. Go listen um, to them. Stop what you're doing right now and go listen to them. Honestly, <laughs> link funnier podcast. Funnier podcast. Yeah, though. Although for like bearded fat white guys, I mean, it's fairly like it's all the same, isn't it? I mean, we're completely um, different because we are three. Fat. Yeah, there are only guys. three of us, and Sam isn't fat, and Ross isn't even English. Yeah, yep. you know. Yeah, well, there we go. So thanks. Anyway, so, so, thanks um, for listening. <laughs> the, <laughs> these these movies are confusing as fuck because you've got the first three, so like they're they're sort of like the main trilogy. I'm really glad trilogies have died. I'm sure you guys have got thoughts on that, but hold it, what just for a second. Uh, we do the trilogy, and then Kira Knightley and Orlando Bloom are like, "Fuck is all, we're off." Fair. Um, obviously Jeffrey Rush and and Johnny Depp they've got gambling debts or whatever Uh, they come back for the fourth one and the fifth one now one of these movies is called Salazar's Revenge I think it's Mm. the fifth one and I think the fourth one is about the Fountain of Youth but I can't remember the name of it but they've got different names in the US and here in Europe so it's absolutely impossible you know, remember with Encino Man being California Man over here? It's really, really difficult to know which of those two movies is which because, like, the names are not the same here as they are in the States. So, like, half of what's written about it is just incomprehensible. Yeah. See, and this, this is just strengthening my argument for number them. Just number them. Yeah, number them. Yeah. It's so passe, Ross. Number, people are not interested in numbering movies anymore. Try and number those Terminator movies. There's a lot of fractions going on in there. There's a lot of, you know... Minus ones, is, it's too much. It's too difficult. Like, you can't. Police Academy had it right, right? One to nine, they're all fucking ridiculous, <laughs> but you Aren't know which 11? one's which. Can, you, can you imagine if they do that? You, you know, Jesus Christ, right? I yeah. think there are nine. Can, but, can, okay. Can you imagine if they did this with the Avengers? You know, they, just, they, just, they just didn't even bother. 
you know, like all these Ant Man movies and all that shit. That's just Avengers Six. That's all it is. Just don't worry about it. I mean, you did have. Well, Iron you need Man like a, you need three. a doctorate in the statistics to understand the <laughs> the makeup of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Sam. So in rare. case. In, in case you're unclear as to which one we're watching, watching the first one, The Curse of the Black Pearl, in which um, Blacksmith Will Turner teams up with an eccentric pirate, Captain Jack Sparrow, to save his love, the governor's daughter, from Jack's former pirate allies, who are now undead. Which I think is a very good, succinct uh, description. IMDb, good job. It's your this classic is, story yeah. of um, a 17-year-old girl being kidnapped and uh, lusted after by... Everyone, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is going to go against the grain on the sort of on the on the on the timeline you've probably got set up for this, Dave. But can we just quickly address uh, the beginning of the movie? You've got the Commodore, and he's basically he's talking to the young Elizabeth Swan, who's later played by Keira Knightley, but the child version, and he's and he looks the same as he does then years later, and he's like, "Ooh, I want me some of that." Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like, yeah. How did this you've forgotten, you've forgotten rule number one of history, Ross, which is don't not be a rich white man. Um, <laughs> now, Jack Davenport's common uh He's a rich white man. He's like a rich white man. You know, he's busy Tick. becoming a richer white man, and he's like, say um, that girl who I've known. She turned out hot. Maybe I can get some of that. That's pretty much the thought process. Well, let's presume. He's and you're 20... right, Ross. It is creepy. Let's presume mm. he's twenty-five or so when he's when he's the captain of the Norrington. This is played by Jack Davenport. You know, eight <clears> years <throat> later, I think, isn't it? After this, I so there's thing. How many years? Um, it is eight years. It is. Eight I think years, so. Jack da- Jack Davenport is the actor. Yeah, I think he's about 12, 13 years older than Kieran Knightley ish. Yeah, and I yeah. think but we're you know, talking so about we characters. Use, so this, yeah, is, yeah, of course. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it's eight years between. Them. So basically, you're looking at an eight-year gap before she turns eighteen in the start of this movie. So yeah, it's again, again, as I mentioned, there's there's lots of things that we're just kind of skirting over here in 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 the you know Port Royal Port Royal huge huge slave um, uh, outpost and well, don't and worry, Sam. There's nary a black face to be seen on the streets of Port Royal. In there there is very few, very few. <laughs> what 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 I thought was and they're all the, pirates. The governor, the governor is almost certainly a slaveholder. Like this charming, befuddled young the old man, played by Jonathan Price, is absolutely owning slaves. Like there's just definitely that's happening. But yeah. we never, we don't, we're not going to address that. This is this is a fun family swashbuckling film about pirates in the you know the funnest sense. So I guess we're not we're not talking about that, and I guess that's okay. Yeah. But audience, I'm certain Sam's going to continue to talk about it for the next hour and a half. So don't you worry about that. Um, if you like uncomfortable topics, Sam's got you covered. <laughs> Absolutely. So just to put us a little bit of context, this movie came out in 2003. Did anyone see this in the cinema? No, I don't remember. I, I remember getting the pirated video from my aunt. <laughs> Funny. Um, I didn't either. Uh, I think I did see the Lord of the Rings film that this competed mm. against, though. So I was definitely mm-hmm. at like 13 years old. I think I was that year. So like you know, you're at the cinema. What else are you doing? Um, so I th- I think I saw this movie a little bit later on, and then I did see at least one of the sequels in the cinema. I can't think for why. I have no it's, excuses for that. It's one of those films. It's like I think it's a. It's for me. It was one of those childhood staples. You know, you'd put on 
relatively regularly because it is a really fun mm. movie. Like this is a really really fun movie in in the in the best sense of like blockbuster. You know where you've yeah. got you've got a, a really solid cast. You've got a great idea. Everyone is working their ass off. Whatever their respective role is in terms of the actors, the set design, costume costumes in this. My God, yeah, all of it is working really really well together, and. And, and you could kind of accuse it of being a little bit hollow, maybe a little bit kind of like it's just silly popcorn fun. But I think it does. It, it's bloated, it to... much like a corpse in the sea. Yes, it, it, I it, think. It... Sorry, go on. Sam. Go on. Go, go, I, go, was, go. I was going to say, but I, th- I think they get away with that because they're not trying to be, you know, Citizen Kane. You know, they're not trying. They're not trying to shine a light on the the issues that that you want to shine a light on, Sam. And it's just like you said, it's just there to be swashbuckling fun. It's check out pirates, people love pirates. Here's cool pirates. Pirates are cool. Pirates would be really fun and light and really enjoyable if we took out all of the rape and the slavery. And you're like, say, yeah, let's take out all of the rape and the slavery and have that. Don't, and that's kind of what this movie is. Don't forget the scurvy. There's, there's not, there's not enough gum, gummy teeth in this at all, and people dying. Some of these people don't. Well, one one though. of the pirates, I don't know if he's he's named, um, but he's like one of the tough uh, sort of uh, minions of of Barbosa. And he's sort of like he's the one who sort of like calls the shots. He, he's the one who gives Keira Knightley that massive backhand. Um, oh yeah, he had, oh, he yeah, had some. He had some gnarly teeth. He was a cool dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Barbosa himself looks. Um, Jeffrey Rush looks like they were all wearing contacts. I don't know if you, you guys yeah, noticed. The yellow eyes. Pretty much everyone in this movie is wearing contacts to like make their eyes darker, basically. And Jeffrey Rush has got like proper like jaundiced eye, mm, eye contacts. Yeah. They must have been so uncomfortable to wear. <laughs> Yeah, so um, this let's get into the plot in a second. But I just want to talk about the writers because these guys are prolific. Like my god, um, well, Ted pretty Elliott, much everyone in Hollywood at the time wrote a draft of this movie, didn't they, Sam? Uh, well, there was a few. There was a few, but really, it's Ted Elliott and Terry um, Rossio, Ted Elliott principally, and he he wrote Aladdin. Um, he wrote The Mask of Zorro, Godzilla, Small Aladdin. Soldiers. The Road to El Dorado, Shrek, Treasure Planet, National Treasure, uncredited. Like, there's a, if you just go on his Wikipedia page, there's loads and loads of stuff. And I think, I think the story in this is is where the strength comes from. Like, there is a really, really good story. There's lots of behind, there's lots of um, like world building that goes on mm. to set us up to like just completely accept whatever is happening on the screen. Like, we're not we're not overthinking it, and you really could because it's silly and it's pirates and the whole thing. There's like a whole level of, of foundation here that I think is principally because this story is really, really well written. I think that's a good, that's a great place to start from with your movie, I think. No, definitely. Um, I think like the, the, the actual, like, the real um, steel bar that runs through the middle of that, Sam, is, is kind of the plot contrivance. And it's that we, as the viewers, as well as um, the Elizabeth Swan character and the uh, whatever Orlando Bloom's name is, we get to and Joy Depp to to be fair, we get to like discover what the pirates are up to, and then be a part of that resolution. Like we get to be with them when they find out that the pirates there's about the curse, about lifting the curse. Then there's all the really fun double yeah. dealing that, you know, like. And if you've seen the sequels to this, like this movie is remarkably restrained because they go full fucking crazy <laughs> town in all of the sequels, and it's like every scene is. Is Mexican standoffs with swords? It's just too much. 
Yeah. Um, but this, they're really restrained. They're re- it's really fun. Like it's just quite well constructed. It does break our cardinal rule. This movie is two and a half hours long. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even cotton on to that until you pointed out. I was like, no, it can't be. This is ninety minutes. This is this is your average romp. Go through it. God damn it, Dave's right. It's like two and a half hours. Yeah, it's it's probably the starting point for those three hour plus movies that we, we've come to expect almost from um, your big tentpole, you know, summer blockbuster like Avengers and stuff. Like, I think it's it, a. I think it's, it's not like a, three hours long. It's an outrage. Like people want they want that a, level it's of a detail. Studio, it's a studio thing, I think, where this movie cost something like one hundred and fifty million dollars to make. It wasn't cheap by any stretch of the imagination, and. I think there's a thing where the studio expects a long movie for that money. Like with that with 150 million you could make a an absolutely phenomenal 90 minute movie, even a 100 minute movie. You really really could. And I do think there's room for improvement even in this movie in shortening it because there is a bit of a lull and my brain does this thing now because of the podcast where we hit minute 89 and I'm like, "Are we finished yet? Are we are we out? Am I done? Can that, I leave now?" That's oh, launch. Like- those, um, those bastards are going to hear about this on my podcast. Exactly. So I think maybe the studio Disney were like, you know, yeah. uh, we kind of want like a decent length movie for this money at the very least. Let's let's start with the the kind of prologue. I suppose. Well, let's start at the beginning. The prologue is when we get <laughs> to meet like the, the the kids' version of of these characters. We get to meet Will Turner and Elizabeth Swan as children, and it's kind of like again, it's. Just that whole that that whole thing of how do we start a movie like this, and it starts off many many years before, mm. because we kind of want to know quite a lot about these characters. And we've mentioned that we've got the Norrington there, who's got a black wig on as, as opposed to a grey one, and we've got the dad. It's a wig. These, <laughs> it's a wig. We've got all these things, and obviously they've got this pirate medallion, um, which is I don't think it's a MacGuffin necessarily, but it's a great piece of framing of like we it's what we device. get to follow. Through yeah. the, ve- the literally the entire movie, right to the very end, right to the conclusion, we get to follow this piece of gold, and that would be the, the the like you know, the magic coin that's going to take us on this adventure. Um, and then it's from a cool there, looking prop as well. Actually, we get a lot of like, really really yeah. close ups of this, and it's exactly yeah. what you what you think an Aztec coin would look like if you know nothing about it. It's it's <laughs> proper like popcorn stuff. It really is. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then from that point, we 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 chance, you know, we we go forward in time to the the, the modern day. I think it's like whatever it is, eighteen years later. Um, and it's eight years later. Eight years later, and this <laughs> is can, where I, I want to diverge a little bit. Yeah, I want to diverge a little bit because I think we should talk. We should maybe go into <clears> some <throat> of the different elements we've said before that there's lots of like great work gone on from different areas of the production crew. Yeah, I'd like to talk about like the sets first. Because there is some like fucking brilliant, brilliant set design in this, from Port Royal to the cave, which I think I was. We'll come to it in a minute, but I think there was. It's one of the the biggest sets ever built. This whole cave thing. It's got water in it. Like the whole thing. Wasn't was it incredible. built in the on the Spruce Goose soundstage thing? Yeah, possibly. We'll, we'll we'll come to that in a minute. But maybe starting off with Port Royal, and then we can talk about the ships as well, because there's. Just like wonderful work of getting mm. these ships to look so good, and that that maybe will, will give us a chance to kick off. But yeah, like Port Royal it is, it's kind of in my head. It's like the quintessential pirate town, like in the way that you, when you think about, you know, the 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 bar, 
the drunkards walking around and the you know the sword fighting the whole thing is just brilliant and then when you get to see all the cannons um shooting the 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 jail like it just looks great it, it you completely believe all of it and it's a good you know so just a great thing to have in your movie I yeah, thought for it's... a second that you were talking about Tortuga, but I was like, oh, I don't remember the cut. But I was going to say, it. oh, no, yeah, remember. well, Tortuga as well. Both, but let's talk about sets. Or... What, what did we like about set the sets in this? Because I think it's a good place to start. Yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, I completely agree with what, everything you're saying about Port Royal, Sam. What stood out to me was that that scene with Barbosa and Elizabeth Swan, you know, when he's on the ship and they're having this feast and he's trying to entice her with all these foods and eat vicariously through her. And then. He's essentially given her the exposition behind the treasure. And as he's walking around the table, there's like this sort of wide shot. And you see him leaning against the tide that's moving the ship. And you see the lamps start to tilt. And you even see some of the candlesticks sliding along the table. And that's like, a clever shot. I think they're just yeah. on a gimbal. I think that's a set built on a gimbal. And it's just mm. going like really slowly. But ooh, ooh. I can only yeah. imagine how many thousands of takes it must have taken to get that right. Yeah, how many times you tripped? Oh shit! Arms. The grapes have fallen over again. Cut, <laughs> cut. But yeah, it, that that for me was like one of the things that that was the most impressive. It's a real, mm-hmm. um, it's a really, it's a really good time to make a movie like this because we've got good enough CGI that they can kind of like fill the gaps in here. And you are right, Sam. There's a lot of really practical sets here because CGI in 2003 was pretty good but it was also really expensive so Mm. it was actually cheaper for them to build a lot of these buildings and we'll talk about the ships in a second and like build a lot of the other stuff and then kind of like patch it with cgi whereas nowadays they would just it would just be a full cgi shot and basically the whole movie would be filmed on a green screen which yeah. you can always tell, and there's that like uncanny valley thing where you, you know it's not real. And this movie largely kind of like gets away without that for the most part. Well, I, I, just to add on to that, Dave, because I'm glad that they did do that, where they did most of it with practical effects and then patched some of it up with CGI, because there's always time. It, CGI never stands the test of time. And if it was mostly CGI, I think we'd be looking back in this now, and if it was CGI, we'd have a very different opinion on that. Because it never ages well. No, not from not mm. from this time, and obviously we don't know about now. But um, let's get into the ships because the ships are cool. Um, they built uh, and correct me if I'm <coughs> spouting nonsense and incorrect stuff here. Uh, they <coughs> built basically like the three main ships. So you've got the Black Pearl, uh, you've got uh, the Interceptor, which is the one that um, Jack and um, Orlando Bloom, uh, William, <laughs> Jack and William uh, steal at the beginning. And um, you've got the what's the what's the third one called? It's the the sort of anointed the ship. Dauntless, the Dauntless. Yeah. So you've got those three main ships, and um, two of them were basically the 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 top deck, and basically like the top bit and the rails and things. They built them on top of barges, um, and this is quite common when when the, when doing um, a ship scene because then essentially you know a barge is a bit like a canal boat. It's quite low. So they can mm. build stuff on top of it, but it'll still go in the water, and you know they can drive sail it around basically, um, and get the shots that way. And then they filled in the bottom portion of the ship, like underneath that railing is all CGI. But I think actually they do a really really good job of marrying the two, and it means that when they're filming on the deck, it really feels real because they're at sea, and that's a really like again lends itself so well to just feeling tangible. Yeah, well, that's incredible. 
let's think about Star Trek, you know, when you've got, so we're being attacked, you know, and then every, and then basically the director's shouting, Weep. we've left. been hit, we've been hit. And they'd, they'd even number it, they'd say, you know, it's a five, okay, and we, have, we all know what a five is, and, you know, they, you don't need to do that when you're just putting these people at sea. Yeah. Like, you don't need to do that. And, it, and obviously they're not going very fast necessarily, but you'll be able to, to gimbal it or wherever else, but you can just put these people at sea. And so well, there's an actual na- rock, isn't there? And I think all I of think- that just... Ma- yeah. A barge can only go about 15 miles an hour, it's not very fast. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, you are right, Sam. There's just that, just by having an actual, like, landscape in the background or seascape, I suppose. Um, apparently, they spent a lot of most of the editing for this movie was editing, like, modern sailboats out of the background of shots because there's just nowhere, there's nowhere in the Caribbean that isn't just full of sailboats all the time. Oh, no so, way. like, they just had to shoot and, like, oh, we'll just have to edit them out in post. I think it was mostly shot in St. Vincent because it was like, which is in the in the Caribbean, because it was the quietest place. Like this is the quietest islands we can find that aren't yeah. that still have the infrastructure available to keep two hundred and fifty people fed and watered and all that stuff. Mm. So it's it's quite fun. the The other one, the um, Interceptor, was uh, I think uh, they had a real ship that they repainted um, to 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 get it uh, kind of. Um, like it was some sort, of rep, some sort of replica, wasn't it? Like a yeah, a replica of, of a lady, replica. a lady Washington, which they which they um, sailed 40, 40, 40 days to sail it from Washington State all the way down oh, to wow. the you know Caribbean. Which they fucking hell, guys! Like that's just nuts. <laughs> and and I've I've been watching the I've been watching the making of the Lord of the Rings um, documentary. I'm going somewhere with this. And what what is, what what <laughs> good, is good me, telling us that. Yeah, what what really hits me is just how fucking complicated and like almost like visceral making a movie is because mm-hmm. it snows and then you're fucked. Like you're just fucked. Or you need to get a shot, but you need all these people here, so you have to helicopter them in. And every time someone gets in a helicopter, it's fucking dangerous. Like there's all wow. of these things, these realities that you kind of have to deal with when you're making a film. And sailing, have, <laughs> sailing, a... sailing a boat. Hold on, sailing a boat from the you know the the north. Um, east of uh, northwest of America, all the way down to the fucking Caribbean, just seems like one of those things. You're like, who? The, <laughs> what are we doing? Yeah, it's take a break. Mad. I have I have a personal anecdote about that, Sam. You're absolutely right. Like it just, it, you don't think about it unless you do. When I when I was an extra in that film Tolkien, uh, we were filming in Ellesmere Port um, and at the Canal Museum, and um, they had to close this bit of road, and like basically it was night time. And there was a horse and cart that would come up this road and we'd all be sort of milling around and the actual actors would do a thing way out of our earshot or eye shot. Um, and then they would reset, the horse would go back and they'd come back. Um, but there was a car park down the road so they, could, they couldn't close the road properly. They had to kind of like keep blocking it when they were shooting and then uh-huh. reopening it to let traffic go by. Um, and obviously like these girls in a little corset, there were seven, you know, 17 year olds, three or four of them they came driving up the road and the person driving obviously was like what the fuck is going on here and she nearly ploughed all the way she ploughed through the set and nearly went in the, into the canal like horn blaring slammed on the brakes the horse went fucking mental and we lost about about an hour and a half like they had to pay all of us extras more did, because we had to stay till about 1am did she think she'd time travelled like back to the I'm not sure like I don't know what like because the there was a car park so they must have they must have parked in the car park and then driven up and obviously just been distracted and been like, but, I'm 17, I can't really drive. Yeah. 
but but to the point is like it's just so unpredictable something else under, just to go back to a little bit to the, the the aztec tomb set that took five months to build it's all there filled with water as we said 800 pieces of gold and then it burned down there was a massive fire that took how do you burn off. down something that's filled with water filled with water yeah i'll tell you styrofoam and uh. and so <laughs> they lost half a million pounds, half a million pounds worth of damage, and obviously loads of time taken off there. So the, again, it's like these just things of like you don't see it on the screen because you're not there, but the actual drudging reality of filmmaking is mm. just extraordinary. And this feels like one of those film films that just would have been an absolute nightmare. But and that's outside know, of the realities of like there's so everyone's in so much makeup and so much like costume all of the time. Yeah. There must have been an a- absolute battalion of people running around after just your principal actors, making yeah. sure that the makeup's right for every shot. And the they continuity is really good as well, I think. In, in the, the Caribbean, you know, yeah. like In the Car- Caribbean, mm-hmm. yeah, it's going to be sweaty. Everyone's like, you don't have some shots where suddenly Johnny Depp's a lot cleaner than he was in the last shot. The continuity of the makeup and the, and the costuming is really, really good. And you think mm-hmm. that must have been... So exhausting, like in comparison to another movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, anything else on sets? No, no. Um, I think we no. can maybe no. talk a bit more about the cast or maybe the plot, and we just talk through. So we talked about the first bit, and it kind of like our setup, our intro is is oh, Port Royal isn't the British Empire fabulous, and we mm. have all of that. Um, we meet Johnny Depp as Jack Sparrow. I have really mixed feelings about Johnny Depp um, really? as an actor. I think oh, generally, right. <laughs> yeah. as an actor, hear me out here. I think uh, as a person, obviously, like let's get Johnny Depp some counselling at the very least, if not some prison time. But like that's personal preference, you know. Um, like as an actor, I think like obviously he's got some really, really like absolute wonderful performances. But you've he's always doing this like. Edward Scissorhandy, sort of like Jack Sparrowy, like mad, you know, uh, when he played Willy Wonka in that new that new Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Ugh. like like a totally just fucking like deranged lunatic, and and that's fine, um, but you know sometimes it's a bit much. But then actually, I don't know if you guys have seen Donny Brasco. I was about to um, say Donny Brasco, excellent. He's movie. really good in that, mm. and he's playing it relatively straight. And it's like, wow, this guy can mm. actually just put on a suit. And not a load of white makeup, and he's just a suit, and he's just a dude, and you're like, wow, this is a revelation. This guy can act. Yeah. Um, and then you have movies like this, uh, where Johnny Depp actually got his teeth capped in gold. Fair play. Um, because he's and that because he's a fucking actually got his teeth capped in gold just just for this role, because um, he's a lunatic and he's doing this weird like. <laughs> I don't yeah. even know how to describe it. Like it's, it's um, Keith Orlando Richards. Bloom does a great impression of it. He's like when he does it's the. What, it's one of my favorite parts of the film because because like again it's like a self awareness of the the, mm. the 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 movie makers have to understand that what Depp is doing is weird as hell. You know, it's weird yeah. as hell. The executives didn't like it at all. Like they mm. were fucking terrified of this being just like what what is that guy doing? Who is he and what is he doing? Because we don't like it. Um but you you have to say, as much as Depp is, you know, as an individual is a total arsehole, th- this performance is great. It's really good. It it it's I think it lifts exactly, the movie in a way. It's exactly what on. this movie needs. It's exactly yes. what they need tonally because yes. Um, yeah. Like just to go to a bit of film history here, like obviously 
the pirate movie like genre was really big in like the 50s and the 60s like huge like big swashbuckling sort of like errol flynn led pirate uh-huh. movies exactly exactly <laughs> the sort of thing you think of but then they're obviously like in comparison to other cinema quite expensive to make and then they get it gets tired um and then we don't really have like a lot of pirate movies outside of kids movies until this um mm. so obviously they're trying to get to try and ape the 60s and the 50s and things so but you've already got the will turner character who's kind of like your like traditional good-looking leading man who has got all the emotional expression of a block of teak um oh, yeah i know but like <laughs> yeah. but that's fine but i think initially they wanted the johnny depp character this jack sparrow character to be very like that as well to be very like oh he's just a pirate and it was like that would make this movie so different if it was like a really straight laced like buddy cop movie between these two like handsome but not particularly emotive men so having jack sparrow be a silly like mad like delusional crazy like doing his overacting funny thing yeah it just lends like a bit of humor throughout that makes this feel much more like a like a caper the the introduction that I think is one of the best um, movie introductions, possibly of of, of all film. Like the the way that you see him coming through, you know he's getting the water at the back. It's all going wrong, and then we get this wonderful shot yes, of him yes. atop, you know, atop of the um, the, the crow's nest in his little ship <laughs> as, the whole, as the ship is sinking into the water. Like that is amazing because number one it's cool number two it tells you everything you kind of need to know yeah. about this character that he's that he's like resourceful and he's cool but he's also a bit weird and like he's you know he's fucked up he's seen better ways to get to get exactly to get to he's, this fla- point. Like, he's flamboyant and he's you, you know this guy is like high on his own supply he's like i mm-hmm. am the fucking best and you kind of know that from yeah. this like well do he's you know just what? i remember doing his I thing rem- I remember watching this and uh, for the first time, and I I was pretty sure that it was going to be sort of revealed that it was his time on the island that sent him do Lally. You know, I thought I thought it was good, that was good, but no, he's just been like that the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's just, just, he's just he a weird dude. Um, but yeah, I remember thinking, oh, it's 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 like it, the sun has fucking fried his brain or something. Yeah, and it no, was because. That- it works because the other characters he gets to play off against are all yeah. pretty straight laced on and it's kind of like a spectrum isn't it you've got norrington who is the straightest <laughs> straight <laced. laughs> i'm just outrageous like I, I and i love i love i love his um jack davenport has this great delivery you know where where he's able to just like this line i can't i'm trying to think of a single line that he says but it's so, so cutting you know and just wonderfully place mm. you've got so you've got him on one side you've got jack sparrow on the other and then in the middle you've got will turner played by orlando bloom who who's able to kind of like bring quite a quite a lot of levity because like i think the film and he, his performance again is quite self-aware in that he's pretending to be the hero but he's not really the hero you know what i mean like jack jack sparrow is the main one and we kind of get i think orlando bloom's ability to act is is uh complimented and that is not a compliment i'm giving him if that makes sense <laughs> I, I know it's a it's a it's a well-written character because he and i think the ben the benefit of that is having him be relatively like kira knightley he's relatively quite young and like the character i mean not the actor like he's fresh-faced he doesn't know a lot he's quite yeah. naive in a lot of ways 
Um, but he's also a big, like, physically imposing man, so there's that. But, like, the movie does quite well with that because Jack Sparrow is constantly, like, you know, he always has the upper hand with Will Turner because yeah. he's um, more worldly, he knows more, and do you know Ross, what I mean? And Will Turner yeah. can't go, I'm sorry. No, yeah, no, well, no, no, just, no, 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 not at all. I feel Ross has got something against <laughs> uh, Orlando Bloom here that we're going to hear. me up inside, Sam. Come on. I just say, it may be controversial, but I just think he had a really... <laughs> Orlando Bloom is an amazing actor. <gasps> <gasps> I think he had a really easy job in this. Do you know what I mean? Because... Oh, because, no, totally, Ross. Uh, you've got to play it straight and you've got the Jack... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've got the Jack Sparrow character doing that. and So <laughs> all you've got to do is show up. Do you know what I mean? And then, oh... Wonderful! Oh, well done. <laughs> I'm not sure. Not I think fair. I think the best thing is, that, and it's it's telling that the best thing I remember about Orlando Bloom's performance about Pirates of the Caribbean was his performance in the series Extras. Have you guys ever watched that? Yes. So yeah. the Orlando yes. Bloom episode, and basically, it's like his this the Orlando Bloom character in Extras has this sort of like fixation and like or jealousy of Johnny Depp. It's like oh, Willy Wonka, Johnny Wanker. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, oh, and he was talking about like, oh, when we were on the set of Pirates of the Caribbean, and it's like me and Keira Knightley did a kiss, and everyone's like, oh, that was so good. And Keira Knightley, she wanted me to kiss me again. And I was like, I know what you're after. And I was like, oh, why don't you kiss uh, Johnny Depp? She's like, oh, don't make me sick. And it's just, it just comes out of nowhere. Like, it's, it's the best love- performance I've seen him do. But yeah, it's basically, extras, is, basically- extras is amazing. Uh, you you are right. However, uh, just on all no bloom, and we should move on. Uh, yeah. I think like I'm not sure how much of of his his the right his character being written in this movie is like right we've got Lando Bloom like he's oh I think he's an okay Tick. actor like generally I think that like I think given the right circumstances he can do really well like in this and in a lot of other stuff he's really shit because he's got a really like hard feeling. But it's elves or pirates. That's I what he can gonna, do. See, I'm glad I'm, Sam. I'm glad you said that because I was. What's the name of that elf character he plays? Yeah, Legolas. Legolas. I thought it was. I thought it was Legolas. I, I couldn't remember. But I, so that's the thing. From my memory of watching that movie and falling asleep, I was trying to think like, what's the difference? <laughs> I know what's the difference between Will Turner and Legolas. It's Legolas it's, has long hair. And, yeah, and the ears, Turner has right. long hair. But, the ears, but long I, ears. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we could talk about. Let's do Lord of the Rings. Elf facts with Ross. We'll we'll do Lord of the Rings one day. Um, Um, Let's talk Kira Knightley, and and then let's maybe advance the plot a little bit on our on our timeline. Kira Knightley was seventeen when she made this movie, which I think is pretty amazing. Like, just let's all take a moment to imagine being seventeen. Well, the movie she made before this, I don't know if you guys have seen it, is Bend It Like Beckham. Yeah. Was yep. the big movie she made before this, and in oh. that movie, I swear to God, she's like twelve years old. <laughs> like it's, it's quite mad. Um, and she was in Phantom Menace, obviously, in two thousand in ninety nine, two thousand and one. She was in Phantom Menace as. <laughs> Whenever oh, that fucking movie came out, huh? She, she was, was she, she was the like decoy queen. Padme. In oh yeah, Christ! In wow, Phantom Menace. Amazing. Uh, but she was in Bendit Like Beckham, which is a very different movie, but like she's quite mm. obviously playing a child. But, and then like in this, two years later, she's like, oh, look at this sexy woman, because mm. Hollywood. In, it, but this is kind of this, her mainstream worldwide breakthrough, isn't it? Yeah. And, and in this, you know, you're 17, you're transport, you, you, you've flown all the way down to um, the Caribbean. Don't know if her parents are with her or not. I'm not sure. But even at 17, like... There's a lot of work to do just to like yeah. the confidence, like the confidence to be able to 
like deliver this type of performance when she she does have to be like she's played to be really sexy as well. Yes. And she's 17 years old, which is a little bit, a bit strange, but either way. And Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> she's also got to be pretty punchy and she's got to like she's got to hold a, hold her own against some really like <laughs> Accomplished actors. You're and in a room with uh, Jeffrey Under Rush. Under Rush. And you have to argue with him. <laughs> yeah, she has to. She has to like, you know, Jeffrey Rush in his makeup and all this. But the whole, I just, I think, I think this is a really good performance. And I, I'm trying to think of a film that I've seen, um, Kira Knightley in, and thought, mm, yeah, but there's none. Like, I think she's a really, really good actor who is able to like, to to hold her own against. All of the conditions that she's in, and she's seventeen mm. years old. Like I just, I think that's yeah. really, that's really impressive. Um, yeah, I think, I think she's very yeah, I would agree. Well. I think she's good in this, and like she's asked to do quite a lot as a as an actor. Like you said, she's kind of at the center of all of this, and she's not quite damseled, I don't think. Um, yeah, and I yeah. should explain that terminology, um, obviously not for you, Ross, but for for Sam. Um, of course, like damseled is a th- in movies, women quite frequently get what we call damseled, which is like at a certain point they'll be kidnapped or basically any agency they might have is removed because mm. they're a woman, and for basically they are put somewhere then to be rescued by the man. And Kira Knightley in this, to the credit of the writers, like does have some agency in the later part of this movie to like affect change herself, which is quite cool yeah. to see. Um, and I think Kira Knightley does a good job of being like, uh, "Are you fucking joking? No, we're going to go and do this," which is and that nice. does that does increase as well, like because I've only seen the first three, but that does increase with the subsequent movies then as well because she she's a bit more of a badass than the following movies. Yeah, she's like one of the main pirates basically in the yeah, yeah. in she the next two. Has her own I think. Ship, yeah. Spoilers for these movies from fifteen years ago. Um, so so we have that. If we're talking cast, let's talk about Jeffrey Rush now, and I can gush oh. now. He's my favourite bit of these, this movie. He's my favourite yeah. bit of all of these movies. I love the makeup. I love the accent. I love the menace. Costume. The yeah. menace in his voice in this. And like the the authority as well. Um, Ross and I bickered about our opening like <laughs> joke in the episode. Uh, what the biggest trailer line is like uh, you is, better start um, believing in ghost stories Miss Turner you're in one you're in one <laughs> um, which I just put, it's one just, of those things just so you know Dave I got it out first I, know, I, I, <laughs> I waited because I was like I'll let him say it because otherwise he'll be at me for saying the line let's, let's let the let's let the one with acting experience to love that one I think shall we uh, <laughs> is that me or Ross you, Ross. you were you were an I, extra you I were was in extra. a film yeah yeah you, <laughs> You were paid just to show up, Dave. I was paid to act. Supporting artist. Acting! <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it, it, it is one of those performances that, like, I like. I always like your, your, your phrase, Dave, you know, chewing the scenery. Mm. He's not chewing it. He has swallowed it all. Like, it's gone. He is, he, is at, he has grabbed the pieces of polystyrene from that cave and he's just... Like, he's going for it. Yeah. And those apples, plastic. <laughs> plastic. <laughs> I'll have it all. And I think it is it, it, it kind of like his performance really for me sums up a lot of this movie in that you've got this great casting choice, you've got this brilliant direction to be, to say like Jeffrey more. I was like more really more do it now, yeah. and then he turns it up to like fourteen and he's and he's more do it again. You've got this costume like this costume which is just amazing. Like the whole there's little things you notice like his rings and for this for this 
tropical climate, doesn't it? He's wearing like an overcoat the entire movie. Well, to, to be fair, he doesn't nails feel it. My God, so the that's... smell! He nails it. <laughs> yeah. There's one one of the best it. sort of scenes. Uh, sorry, one of my favorite scenes rather was when Elizabeth Swan is sort of taken aboard, and she basically asks them to stop. She says like, you know, you know, cease Parley. the What parley? Parley. Yes, parley. Yeah. And she says something like, you know, uh, you know, cease these hostilities, you know, immediately. And he says like, we're we're nothing but humble pirates, you know. And she's like, oh, you know, stop and leave. And he's like, I'm disinclined to acquiesce your request. That means no. <laughs> and I was like. Just he's shit eating. He's shit eating, and he is exactly as cartoony as Johnny Depp, but like at the other end of the spectrum. Yes, like yes. he's playing this like he's the Joker from Batman. Like he's he is yeah. absolutely as unhinged. And but I, th- I think you I kind of love well, it. Dave. I think you said as well, Dave. You know earlier in, uh, tonight that he's sort of like he apes that sort of the traditional pirate thing, but it doesn't feel. I don't know what the word is, but it doesn't feel cheap or cheated. He he brings it to life. And it's, it's, he he it's so owns and so lives in that role. He accepts yeah. what he's doing. He believes it and he sells it. And that's kind of like that's maybe the trickiest job in this movie is to kind of like mm-hmm. because he is the pirate straight man. Everyone else on the pirate spectrum is comic relief essentially, yeah. and he's mm-hmm. got to be like the ooh, we are going to do this evil thing the guy. Do you know what it is? And he does it really well. On, it's Sam. not deri- it's not derivative, so it's new. Mm. It's a new thing. He manages to bring like a a new characterization to one of the oldest Tropes. storybook yeah. characters there is, a pirate. Like, and that is that's that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. Along with the direction as well, to, to you know to get him there. But the and, whole thing is, and he gets to be funny as well. He has some oh, really funny lines yeah. in this. The yeah. fight with Johnny Depp towards the end is like. On the one hand, you're like, oh, this is really well shot and really co- well choreographed. On the other, it's really fucking funny. Yeah, yeah, it's very funny. So, in in the story, then, in the actual film, um, as we, we're, we kind of got, we've gone through the the bit of Tortuga, and we've we've got basically um, the, the Black Pearl is is chasing away with the gold with Elizabeth, and they're trying to Will Will and uh, uh, Jack are trying to save save the damsel, but not necessarily as you say, completely damsel. And this is like this is a good this is a good uh, way to to progress your your story forward, isn't it? By just having a chase, like that's what they do. They just have this chase where the interceptor on their ship, they've got Gibbs. I love I love oh, Gibbs just brilliant. as a with his with his superstition. Oh, it's bad luck to have a woman on board, and all these other things. Um, so we get this nice crew. We get Zoe Saldana, who is um, Star Trek and Guardians of the Galaxy fame, like another oh, honorary. Two thousand three. Yeah, quite a small role in this though. Like mm. I, I remember lots her of speaking being in parts. More, to be fair, but yeah, I don't but think she's, she's quite in, young. Is she in the second one? I don't think she no. is. No, yeah, that was something that stuck out, stuck out to me as well. But I even said it to him when we were watching. I was like, you see her, and you know, there's some like history between you know her. You, you get the impression there's some history between her and Johnny Depp, and they're like, oh, you're gonna get the ship, and she's she's in she's on the ship, you know, in the final scene. She gives him the hat and the jacket and all, and then that's her done. And just like I would have liked to have seen more of her. Maybe she was busy. But what <laughs> what I thought what I thought back to, especially the bits from the boat, I thought back to Muppets <clears throat> Treasure Island, and like there's points of this movie, uh, Johnny Depp doing uh, sorry uh, Orlando Bloom aping Johnny, Johnny Depp doing the whole finger thing and do like there's points in this movie where that's a that, that's, that's the a, thumbnail that's the, for the video. That's that. the thumbnail for YouTube. <laughs> But there's points in this film where it's it's exactly as zany and wacky as Muppets Treasure Island. 
which that shouldn't, it shouldn't work. It when shouldn't Johnny work. Depp is telling Orlando Bloom that he roped a couple of sea turtles with rope he wove from his own back hair, <laughs> his own back hair. <laughs> like, and you're like, what am I watching? And like, but it's fine because the movie, I think. Is the tone I think is is even throughout, and it's like mm. so you can have something really funny like this, and then you can have like the zombie skeleton stuff later, and it's all it's all fine, and you don't have any trouble accepting any of it. Yeah, and that comes back to the the writing, doesn't it? The the um the two uh, 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 skeleton pirates who I can't remember their names. You you Mackenzie, know who they are. Mackenzie Cook and the other one. Yes, and the other one. Like the, them dressed up as as women with their with their brollies, you know, all of that thing is just. And Mackenzie Cook is like, Gooey! he's amazing. Yeah. He he is amazing. He's so all funny. of that is great, but that that is like that's the kind of like you know we've talked about casting and some of the other production stuff. Just the ability to 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 write this film and get the tone so perfectly all the way through, in that it's funny in moments. It's at, you know it's it's emotional and touching in others. It's full of action. Like it, it takes you on a such a ride, such a ride. Get it? Because 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 it's Come able on, to, yeah. Because it's able to like uh, deliver all of these different like tonal um, elements throughout the film. That's really hard to do. It's really hard to shift from action to comedy, back mm. to action, to love story, like to lost da- lost dads and all this stuff. Like it's really well, hard to do. This that. is and why manage... the movie is two and a half hours long. There's a yes. lot, yeah. uh, and the sequels or the two, the two that you've got, you guys have probably seen. They suffer so badly from the same problems that this movie manages to bring together. Let's talk about the length now. Yeah, you've got so many characters. This film has the audacity to get us to like the final battle. Like we're on the boss level, the boss fight level, <sighs> and then we fuck off and we have to come back again. Like yeah. <laughs> we're here, we're having our finale. At, you know, an hour and a half into the movie, and then I I, I remember texting you guys and being like, it was last night. The it was fatigue. Late, I was tired, <laughs> and I was like, I was like, oh god, this movie. If I bet I've got like an hour left, and I was I was joking because uh, there can't be more than twenty minutes left. And there was a whole hour left of the movie. So you're talking um, you're talking about the first time they go to the Aztec cave, aren't you? Yeah. And so to, to fill us in, in on on the plot, um, Barbosa and the Black Pearl there at the cave to get Elizabeth blood because they think that will basically break the curse let's not get she really lied. far into the nitty she lied about because she, she lied yeah. she interestingly she lied because she thought if they knew she was the governor's daughter they would you're the governor's daughter i always remember that line <laughs> they would be like oh your dad owns all those slaves um, and they would treat her worse for it yeah. um so she because they want she, those slaves because <laughs> slavery is totally cool in 1740 that's why <laughs> yeah. that's that's the voice clip there for advertising this if one anyone, sam jordan if anyone wants totally to cool. if anyone wants to green light and fund sam's um 14 hour um script for pirates of the caribbean but with all the slavery and rape added back in um, <laughs> please get in touch and also, with him. also fund um, his run for office <laughs> <laughs> he's not sure what office yet but whatever we'll see what's happening yeah. Um, but we have we have that, so we're back. We're there, and then um, Johnny Depp and Will Turner have made some dodgy bargain where they're going to rescue her. But obviously, Johnny Depp betrays him, and then then we have everyone leaves the final boss fight area mm. um, without much being resolved really, and we get like a a nice split up of the main cast where Johnny Depp's back in prison with Barbosa, Will and Elizabeth go away again, and it's like a nice 
fun sort of again divergence where we get to see characters who haven't interacted thus far interact. So I, I think it's one of one of two things for that point there because, like you, Dave, when I watched well, just for the first time, I thought, oh, we're culminating now. We're getting to the end. Everything's gonna you know sort itself out. And no, you've got another hour yet. And <laughs> I think that's you know you could look at that in one of two ways. One, um, you know, sort of like you know mixing it up a little bit you know like changing the pace you know because every movie up until you know most movies are 90 minutes bad stuff happens resolve everyone goes home happy so they could be doing you know just trying to change it up the other thing i might be what you should sort of consider as well as when sam you mentioned the other avengers movies and stuff before and that runs for maybe like you know two hours things like that and i think a lot of the reason for that is because in those sort of those massive movies coming together you've got a lot of big names and you have to give each of them their sort of they're due in terms of camera time, screen time, and and proper lines and stuff, and with the number of actors you have here who are absolutely doing an incredible job, you know, uh, Jeffrey Rush, Johnny Depp, Kira Knightley, um, the guy who plays the Commodore and and the father, and then you have Orlando Bloom who showed up as well, and then these, <laughs> these was this yeah. an entire speech to get another dig in it, Orlando <laughs> Bloom? <laughs> but no, sake, Orlando Bloom. Um, but yeah, just to give everyone the sort of their due time, you know, so it doesn't feel like oh. It had that guy in it. Oh, didn't don't remember them. Of course, I could be absolutely talking shit. <laughs> yeah, possibly. I know what probably. you mean, Ross. It's like it's very weighty, and like I said, the length is a it's a symptom of like they wanted to do all of these things. But I think ultimately, like you I'm are, you're right, it. Sam. That I think it, I think it carries it off pretty well, and mm. like it kind of earns that doubling back uh, because they, no point, they sink the other ship and. You know, it's like the all is lost moment after that, and it kind of earns all of that because, like, you get like a better development of Rush and Depp's, uh, like their rivalry, which again, like, is the best thing about all of these movies, yeah. is the interplay between those two characters. You get more about Elizabeth Swan, you get even more backstory for Depp, while at the same time, like, Will gets to learn about his father, and we get all of this going on. But it's not like scene after scene where we're being told the history yeah. of these characters. It's kind I'm of all happening this. in real time. That's I'm what I've just been movie. doing, haven't I? Yes, I'm going <laughs> well, no, to. No one's attacking yeah. it here. So You're going to defend it. Explain it. No, but I'm going to defend. I'm gonna, because I, I don't think. I don't think as long as it is. I don't think there's any problem at all with the pacing. I don't. I, I don't think. At no point was I thinking. Oh, I've got loads of. Because I think the, the film manages, like the series of. Um, uh, events that happen all make sense. It's all linked nicely. Like we go from um, Port Royal to to, to uh, Tortuga to we're on one of a bit of a boat moment, and then we kind of go back to another round. Then we're back on the boats again. Then we're so on a proper the, road movie in that way. Mm. Yeah, sit, we're on we that desert island uh, with uh, Swan and and De- like I think the pacing in this is probably the best thing about it. That's the thing for me that manages to elevate it from. A two and a half hour movie that I'm like, oh god, kill me. To, so I mean, the the other example, and I'll say it because it, you know, Return of the King is probably one of the best paced movies that that there is. Isn't that and about nineteen hours long? It's three. You know, it's more than three hours long. But I don't. I think that the pacing of that film is really, really good for its length. I'm not talking about the uh, director's cut at all because that's just dreadful. But like for a three-hour movie, it moves really, really well because you're all, you're, it all makes sense. It's all connected. And this film... Snyder Cut was done well as well in terms of pacing. Oh. <laughs> no, uh, Sherlock Ross, obviously you can go and die in a corner somewhere. Uh, Sam, I agree with you. 
And I think what it is is that, like, it's much easier to do that in a movie where you move, where you're constantly moving around, and there's yeah. this. Even though a lot of it takes place on the ship, and you know, but because of the magic of cinema, like a ship's a thing that moves, so it feels like we're going somewhere, even when we stood having a conversation on the ship. Like it feels like the film yeah. is still moving, even when we stop dead to do exposition. And I think that really lends itself to this film feeling much more like like a like you know a jaunt than and, it and, could. Yeah, and last point on this, and then we should move. But there's a, I think Vavinsky towards the end because of the amount of time they had between like, um, I think I think they only only wrapped four months before release, and so Vavinsky was spent eighteen hours a day editing. Wow. Um, with his with his editor, and you just think, holy shit, like there's something about this um that really really you can almost feel it you can almost feel the 18 hour days to get to the <laughs> point where you're able to bring all of these different things together and like that to me is is just amazing it's amazing film craft to get to the point where you're able to to bring all that and and not it not not be entirely incoherent which is yeah. very very easy to do yeah. um so we've kind of gone around the house on this i'm not trying to end this at all but what i want to talk about now I want to talk about some of the fights in this film because it's quite a fighty franchise. Like in comparison to a lot of stuff we've done recently, we haven't really done like a properly fighty movie in a while. Um, but this is like a all the fight scenes are quite like it's not good in the way that like a martial arts movie is good um, because it is that kind of like we're hitting our swords together and that's somehow yeah fighting which annoys me but at the same time like and the one i'm going to refer to mostly is this like finishing fight when when they're in the like the, the treasure boss level um and they're all fighting and it's kind of like the by having them all be undead zombies except will turner like <laughs> you can have a lot more fun with the choreography than you would otherwise be able to have so like the moment where someone runs johnny depp through and he's like and he staggers back and he's a zombie and, yeah. and they're all like the fuck like it's it, it's a wonderful moment of levity and it allows them to be like two pirates who um they've both been stabbed in the chest so they just pull the swords out of their chest and they're fighting with those now like it's <laughs> all so silly like at a certain point but it i think it's 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 planned out well enough and it like the action is well paced enough that like you really are having a lot of fun with this, and there's a great amount of choreography going on at the same time as like a shit ton of CGI being properly put together. Do you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go against you on that one a little bit, Dave. I will say that you're most yeah controversial. Quick, I'm... let us clash swords together loudly <laughs> like we're fighting on guard. Um, I think what you're saying. Uh, is true for one of the fight scenes, and that's uh, the I think one of the first fight scenes between Johnny Depp and Orlando Bloom, uh, and mostly because that was that was a panned out shot, and you could see the choreography, and you could see some like you know some long cuts of you know interaction or or combat or what have you. Most of the sort of combat shots then subsequent to that, it's all close up, quick shots, and it's it's. I have this problem with a lot of movies, you know, that have like you know combat in it, and it's where you can't really tell what's going on. You say, "Oh, he threw a punch, and he threw a kick, and stuff," and he and he slashed his sword and did that, but you don't actually see what the impact of either's attack or 
parry or counter is. You just say, like, oh, no, he's doing this. Oh, no, he's doing it back. I do, you do remember me <clears throat> saying it's not good <laughs> like a martial arts movie would no, be No, good. no, but like... No, because but it's not. But they're not can going I, for that I, kind of thing, Ross. It's more popcorn-y. It's more yeah. like... What's the can word? I come in What they're because, doing is intentional. Go on, Sam. Yeah, because there's, there's again, through watching the um, Lord of the Rings stuff, um, Bob Anderson was the was the, the the sword master on those on those movies and this movie. Oh, and he's Bob Anderson. I mean, if you Google him, he is like the guy in Hollywood who has who has been around so many of the uh, of these kind of sword fight films, but also Star Wars. Like he's able. He's got fifty years old experience, and I think that he's his kind of like way of doing things is you you train everyone, so everyone got training on this movie. They got you know weeks of training to understand how to use swords. Presumably, Orlando Bloom was kind of like already good at it because he'd worked with him on on Lord of the Rings, um, and so I do think like there's 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 a lot of there's a lot of thought that, that's gone into this, and I think you do see that on the screen. I really like. All of the sword fighting in this. I, I I also think about some of the scenes where we get to um, see two boats attacking each other, you know, and mm. and like the way the people swinging across and they're shooting cutlery at each other. Like all of this stuff is just really, really competently done. It's fun, and most importantly, you understand what's happening because it's really easy to kind of shoot things from a way that you don't really get what's going on it's, and the perspectives are weird and all that stuff so it's exactly what you kind of what this sort of movie needs to do which is all the fight scenes are uh, somewhat tense but ultimately absolutely nobody gets killed um, and there's never really any stakes like even the crew of uh, the interceptor like Johnny Depp's crew none of them die like they all just get take it captured at the end. Obviously, Barbosa's crew are all undead zombies, so none of them die up until the very end. You know, mm. so there's kind of like there's not a lot of weight to it, but that's fine because it makes the movie a lot lighter than if we were seeing people get viscerally killed quite so much as they would be doing in. Do you know what I mean? If this was just a bit more serious. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Yeah. 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 But good. It's it's again. It's a core. It's one of those core tenets of the film. Like you know the the other things that we've been talking about. Like the action being competent and being entertaining is is absolutely vital, isn't it? So I think this is a good um, a good job all round for me on the on the action scenes. Ah, good, good. Um, so things that we haven't talked about. Well, uh, is there let's... anything anyone anyone particularly feels that we haven't talked about? Obviously, Ross, we can talk more about how you don't like Orlando Bloom. I just, I, I, <laughs> I just don't think he's anything special. Yeah. Well, let's maybe go back to the plot then and talk just a little bit in terms of like the last, the last part of this movie, um, which is which is Jack trying to get the Black Pearl back, isn't it? And that's, you know, all all of all of, for him, for 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 Jack Sparrow, like most of this movie is utterly irrelevant. Like he doesn't really care about. Elizabeth, he doesn't really care. He doesn't care about Will particularly. You know, none of the none of the other things that all the characters are doing um, is he doesn't share any of their motivation. <laughs> he just wants to get the shit back. And if that happens, and this guy gets to live, great. You know, so be he's, <laughs> which is fun because what I like is we don't we don't really get like a moment of like a redeeming moment for Jack Sparrow. He he kind of. Everything that he does is for his own purpose. Even the bit where he's he's helping Will and he throws the coin and everything. it's all there to kind of serve his aims. Mm. And I like that. I like that they don't have like a 
a save the cat moment there is a little johnny depp you know i would disagree just a little bit sam i think there is a bit of redemption for johnny depp in this not a lot but definitely at the very end it's kind of like a you see the look exchange between him and will and they guess it's self-interest but he's made this deal with barbosa he's like oh well you know i take it you don't want me to kill kill the whelp and he's like oh no no by all means kill away kill away um, <laughs> yeah. and then he has the look with with will and he's you know like you know we're gonna we're gonna have this guy and there is kind of a moment there where he's like he picks a side and i wouldn't say it's a redemption as such because he's still going to go on and pirate and all of that um but you do have that moment where he like definitively picks a side and it's with elizabeth and will and like there is a certain amount of you know he's one of the good guys then I disagree mm. with you, Dave. I think Sam's right on this because while uh, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not doing it to be argumentative, but everything you described, you know, the series of events, yes, he's doing that, uh, yeah, but it's not to get on their side. It's by taking Barbosa out of the equation, he gets his ship back. If that, if if it was them dying, that would get him a ship back. They, you know, he'd probably go for that angle, but by doing what he did, that's the most likely way for him to get the Black Pearl. I mean, if you think this is a logical <clears throat> character who thinks straight, then sure, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, ultimately, I don't think that's massively worth like get, getting into. No. Um, but Will and Elizabeth are definitely <laughs> the the good characters and the most stupid characters in this movie. Hmm. Um, can we talk about the utter stupidity? The British Empire don't give a fuck if your daddy's the governor. If you... If you break a pirate out of prison in this public <laughs> setting, dead. Dead. That's yeah. it. Yeah. What? So this is the end of the movie, isn't it? And and like, yeah. You know what? I'm going to talk about it straight away. Orlando Bloom and his stupid, stupid hat. With you know what I thought? My first thought actually just uh, my first thought was, say Orlando Bloom would be pretty good casting for a D'Artagnan in the Three Musketeers I, film. I was looking, now, have we gone in was, for Three Musketeers? He was in a Three Musketeers movie, but he didn't play D'Artagnan, so I was like, "Oh, oh damn it, damn yeah, it!" I know. One thing I like about this is is when he turned when they when they're surrounded by the you know, I'm surrounded by the, the red coats, and 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 the the the, the, the feather. feather goes in Johnny Depp's head, and he's like blowing it away. You're like that's fucking hilarious, and I, mm. I I I want to believe that was ad libbed. I want to believe. I really doubt it was, um, but that's that's really fun. But yeah, I totally agree. Like they just shoot these people. You know, <laughs> Norrington's like, I don't give a fuck. Execute them now. All of these soldiers have care. guns. Nobody gets shot. He he takes the fact that this this woman just leaves him. You know, moments <laughs> like as that. Not that they're getting married at the hanging, yeah. but they're pretty close to getting married. It looks like, and she's just like, he's sorry. Remarkably, not upset that yeah. his child bride. No, is not him. only am I leaving you, <laughs> I'm leaving you for a blacksmith. Not only am I leaving for you for a blacksmith, I'm helping the blacksmith get a pirate to escape. And but not you, but only cool, that, right? the blacksmith can't even act that well. <laughs> and he's got a silly hat. <laughs> Dickhead. Um, yeah. yeah, so it's a fun end. <laughs> yeah. Go on. And I was just going to say, and he's all like, yeah, sure, all's fair in love and war, right? Yeah. <laughs> Take it's care a weird of her, thing, will you? And, like, they kind of have to do some work in the sequel to kind of, like, make it makes sense so in the just obviously you guys probably haven't watched the sequel in a while but again i watched them a couple of months ago in the sequel basically london sends somebody and they're like um no commandant norrington absolutely oh he's great not. that guy like you What's are fine name? um 
dickhead guy, East India Company yeah. guy. Um, he's mm. basically like, you're fired. How dare you let this guy go? Obviously, these people who helped this pirate escape, they're dead. You know, warrants <laughs> out. Um, like, are you fucking joking? It's a great, like, we're the British Empire. We'll fucking do what we like. It's all about the bottom line, and piracy is bad. Yeah. Mm. Mm. He's brilliant, though, isn't he? That that evil. He's that very evil intimidating guy. and like that very bureaucratic, intimidating Tom kind of way. Yeah, Tom Cutler Hollander. Beckett. Yeah, he's fantastic. I really, lo- I really um, like his performance in that. Yeah. But what I'm saying is that obviously, when they made this first movie, there was no, there was no intention that this would be like a, a saga. This was a, you know, the studio being really, really fucking nervous about all the money they put put into this movie, based on a theme park ride, which we haven't really mentioned, but I'm sure we will. Like they're really That's... nervous about this 150 million because, like, like traditionally, if you make a movie based on a theme park ride. It's going to flop. There was talk of this movie when it was first written being a straight straight to video release Mm, because it's like at that level. And so obviously the ending is more of like a... And I quite like the ending in terms of the tone of like and they all had many more adventures because Mm. it's a good ending if this had been one movie. And I think if there were no sequels, I think our conversation would be that this is maybe the best pirate movie ever made. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's very different. You'd still be satisfied. It's marred. It's marred by the sequels because they're so fucking long and bad and loud and bright. And it's Hollywood. Yeah. We're going to have our cake and then we're going to fuck it as well. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that, Russ. Beautiful. It's really. Um, can I. Before before we before we conclude, um, I'd like to just take a little bit of a, a sidebar on some of the effects which we haven't talked about in this because, as much as we've got like explosions and stuff, the biggest thing, the biggest the biggest element of this movie that's maybe a little bit different from your traditional pirate film is the kind of fantasy stuff where we've got these skele- these pirates turning into skeletons. <laughs> now, I'm, I you can say a lot against like some of it looks a bit. 2003 like you I can kind of see well, it a little bit to be honest like even the cgi i'm i'm with you I, and just 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 to set this up a little bit because there's some interesting stuff about how they do ilm did it and they they were fresh off you know the the the, the star wars um stuff so they'd they'd really had quite a lot of experience um there's also quite a lot of close-up shots in this where we get to see, we literally get to see the transition of someone's face and they walk into the moon and it's just a it's in their face yeah. which is yeah which is really difficult to do you know you've you've got to have that you've got to have that um that animation looking good by itself but also you've got to link it up with the with the person's face the actor you know the actor's face mm. there's also lots of fight scenes which involve um red coats and pirates and so what they had to do is they had to shoot them. So you've got Mackenzie Crook and a red coat fighting each other. So they'd shoot it once, and then they'd shoot it again with just the red coat, and then they'd shoot it again with just the pirates because they need to be able to have different layers Layer that they the can composite up. Like the complexity of this, I think it was like 600 um, effect shots or something, which is you know crazy amounts. And as you say, Ross, I think this holds up really well. Mm-hmm. It does look good. I, I I would say that the reason it holds up so well again is that restraint. Apart from the kind of like the final battle scene, um, and I think the stuff in the in the cave works especially well. But I think that's because it's on a static set and it's much easier to get it right yeah. when it's. Do you know what I mean? When it's Johnny Depp and Barbosa and, and the there's and you'll notice there's only like 
three zombie pirates in that set when that's all going on and it's all very intentional because they need to kind of like get that right because it's the one that's going to be under the most scrutiny um i do think some of the like the initial scene where we meet the skeleton pirates with with elizabeth swan on the ship is a little bit janky just a little um and there's a couple and basically any shot the where monkey. there's loads of them yeah any shot where all of the skeleton pirates are there it's it's a little I bit like ge- I genuinely a thought, task and it's a bit janky. I Go genuinely on. thought they were going to break out a song at that point. Just when you see like scrubbing and they're moving. I genuinely oh, oh, oh. I genuinely Listen thought. Listen up boys, this will be shanty. my only number. <laughs> I genuinely thought a Very. shanty was going to break out. Genuinely. My my favourite fetch shot is the bit where they're walking. Oh, I mean, it's great, isn't it? So how, how are we going to get to the ship? They fucking walk on the sea, mm. on the bottom of the seabed. Yeah, and like, walk... oh, let's go to the ship and get to the boats. And he's like, take a walk, boys. Take a walk, and this boys. is like, this is, is this <laughs> something you've done before? This is like, uh, execute <laughs> yeah. order seven. Yeah. Well, they, Flight they walk pattern underneath. omega. They walk underneath the boat, and then the boat's basically blocking out the moonlight. And then, as they go past the boat, they all mm. turn, and I was like, "God damn it!" Oh, total, tro- total trailer shot, by the way, destroying uh, yeah. it. Like L- little, little bit of pedant cast here, uh, Sam, in that scene. You know, you describe him where he's, he's talking. Welcome and then... to pedant cast. <laughs> but that scene where Barbosa's talking. I'd love to watch our um, our audience numbers just like. Dive bomb. I don't give a shit. This is this isn't for them. This is for me. This this is to prove how smart I am. But that it's it's that it's that iconic line that uh, Jeffrey Ross says. You know, you best start believing in ghost stories. And then as he walks, you're in one. You're in one. Yeah. And I'm just thinking, how is he enunciating those words when he doesn't have lips? Oh, for Christ's sake. I didn't say we have hey, reached. I, we I have didn't reached Ross. New, Ross, wizard. I didn't it. say fresh take cast. I said pedant cast. No, I, I'm saying we're, I'm saying we've reached new lows of pedantry. My, how how does your brain even work that you consider that? Do you even think about that? Why is logically? It's logically. <laughs> anyway, I couldn't give two blonder. fucks about that, Ross. Like, I'm, I think, as I said before. My sus- my suspension disbelief in this movie was like really good actually. There wasn't a lot. It was more the um, to be honest, my I was more bothered Ross by the fact that um, Orlando Bloom and Johnny Depp managed to sail the ship somehow and then dock it. And I'm like, that takes way more than two people. Like well, even for a smaller boat than that. Don't well me. <laughs> well, they they do hang a lantern on it because they say like they're like all of you get off the boat. When they land on there, and like, oh, you'll never do this with two people. I'm like, oh, well, we'll figure it out. And then they, what they do is distract them with the Dauntless and say, actually, we want the Interceptor. I think they hang a lantern on on that enough. I they think do. two people they probably... do, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, thanks for getting us ready, but guys, well, that's great, but like, yeah, isn't there other stuff to do? And like, yeah, there's like other stuff to do that takes more than two people. Maybe if catering? these two people were cyborgs who didn't need to sleep. <laughs> maybe but like even on like a modern sailing boat like a small sailing boat you need at least a couple of people it's and anyway we now conclude this week's episode of pattern cars thank you i didn't there we know go. we're back thank Sam, you everyone i was like is sam gonna do the voice or is he gonna cough oh he's gonna do the voice <laughs> it's hard to tell we'll just cut this from the edit it's fine it's all good we won't so he always, he always what have we got left to talk yeah i always do um, what have we got left to talk about i'd like to, i'd like to talk about I'd like to talk about a large number. Would you like to hear what this large number is? Um, the I'm missing the slaves owned by this governor. 
<laughs> yeah, it's six hundred and fifty-four, two hundred sixty-four thousand and fifteen dollars, which is how much money this movie made. And like, of all the praise Just we've given, remind it, me, Sam. That's that's a lot of money, obviously. Um, I mean, not to us because we're podcast millionaires, but um, <laughs> that's Wait, a lot you of money, guys Sam. get paid. In 2000... Oh, shit. <laughs> um, shit, in, move on. In, in 2003, uh, remind me, what, 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 this grossed how much money compared to other movies that did better than this? 650 million, which, which, as you're hinting at, Dave, but put it at, at number four on, on the highest grossing films of 2003. Isn't that which crazy? Is amazing. Isn't that crazy? Like, I guess because cinema died 10 years ago, but. Like, 2003 was peak. Streaming TV didn't exist. You were either going at home and watching whatever the fuck the BBC was putting in front of your face, or you were going to yeah. the cinema. Can I... I'll give you a rundown. We've got Lord of the Rings at number one with 1.1 billion. Finding Nemo with 870 million. Matrix Reloaded ooh, at 739. <laughs> and then and then this uh, uh, with 650. So, like, it's it's amazing money. And I think overall, this... this um, franchise has earned like four and a half billion on a, on a one billion production so i think that also is... like the four, third or third movie is 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 one of the most expensive movies ever made i think is it the third one or the fourth one they spent i think it's the third movie they spent 450 million on or something mad it was at the time it was the most money ever spent on a movie um it's phenomenal i think i know i think i think it's i think it's on stranger tides i think which is like the fourth which is one. 2011 i think it costs th- it's like 350 or something isn't it i'm sure it's ridiculous it's i'm just looking it up it's a really yeah, 376 really million yeah. 376 million on one movie they made all the lord of the rings on 250 i <gasps> i think this is around the time when uh, especially hollywood cinema started really like what's the word um adapting or cultivating their movies to appeal to the sort of the, the Asian territories, sort of like you know the likes of you know China and Japan, um. So a lot of movies that like flop in the US or whatever have not load of money spent in them. They absolutely do buco books like over there. So like you take Pacific Rim for example. I don't know if you guys have watched that. That is a piss poor movie by numbers. Absolutely destroys but, it. Ross, destroys the box office. You are right. You are right. And I hadn't thought of it. That's a really really good point. China, the Chinese cinema going audience they fucking love an action blockbuster like they just and if you can make an action blockbuster that the chinese government won't ban because it's anti-china that's the key thing these days exactly like if your movie can be china neutral then and it's actiony and it's and it's big and it's like loud like the avengers Mm -hmm. movies i'm sure have made all the money in the world in china well absolutely because they like you look at because the audience is the audience is different. Thor: Dark World is one of the worst movies I've ever seen, and that it made, made loads of money bank in China. In China, yep, yeah, exactly. It's actually there's actually a really like funny tidbit story on that because like the promotional sort, you know, like the the little sort of stand up posters you get for movies and stuff you see in cinemas, and like the one they had in China, it made uh, Tom Hiddleston and Chris Hemsworth look like lovers rather than brothers. <laughs> like he had his like arm around his like chest and he was behind him. <laughs> <laughs> It was uh, yeah. Oh, I, I can't. 
I can't wait to see this lovely rom-com, <laughs> Thor and Loki. That's interesting names, aren't they? How cute. I'd watch it. I'd watch it. I watched, <laughs> I've, I've been watching Falcon and the Winter Soldier, so my bar's obviously right on the floor. <laughs> Good Lord. Oh, moving on. Oh, we need to talk about that. Um, so, yeah. Uh, is it, is it, is it, just sidebar, you can edit this out of the episode, Sam. Is the last episode out yet, Ross? Yes. I haven't watched it yet, but yeah, we do need to organise time to... Yeah, good luck with that, guys. That'll be fun. That'll be fun oh, to no, do don't, and don't listen to. Don't worry, Sam. It won't take me long. <laughs> it won't take long. Right, that's good. Let's let's have some. Let's have anything else we want to we want to talk let's about. I think this clear is clear the table. Eh? I Ross think this is a really fun. Like we said at the start, it's a fun, fun movie. It's incredibly well made, and like I don't really care for the other ones, but I, you know I kind of respect them pursuing it mm. at least because because from why, the foundations that this why movie managed you? to create. Yeah. Exactly, and the world building, all of the all of the other choices, and that to me is like what's. What's so difficult about filmmaking is that you're faced as you as you're making movies with just countless different choices to make, whether that's casting or, you know, do we shoot today because we've got to go and get this fucking boat, this literal boat on the ocean, and then this story, you know, there's all these choices that are made, and I think just they manage to make all of the right choices all the way through, and, and so the end result is brilliant because they just got all the all the things right they needed to. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'll, I'll go mm. on. I think we've buried the lead quite a bit. I know. I know it was mentioned earlier, but uh, you know that the fact that this movie Did you stemmed... talk about how bad an actor Orlando Bloom is. Uh, <laughs> I, think <laughs> bit. I mean, this Orlando guy. Who the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Who? <laughs> um, but, you know, we we mentioned earlier in the episode, but like you know, this movie st- and this you know phenomenon stemmed from a theme park ride, and I. And I, I couldn't help but think as well, I mean, like Pirates of the Caribbean, it's a pretty cool name, but you've got this intricate story and it's well thought out. You don't have to call it Pirates of the Caribbean. You could you could call it The Curse of the Black Pearl and then, and then you know, continue that series. But I just thought, how weird that something like that happened. Dave's waving at me. No, I was waiting for you to finish. Oh, sorry. Um, um, keep going, keep say, going, Ross, keep going, Ross. I was um, just going to say that they cut, like, go on. <laughs> no, I, I, I was wrong. Seamless, this. Right, just yeah. keep talking. I'm done. Go for it, Dave. Hit me. Oh. I was just going to say that, like, I think because we aren't American and because we haven't been to Disneyland, like, maybe the cultural impact of the Pirates of the Caribbean ride isn't something that we're intimate with. Um, and I would certainly be interested to know if you are an American, like, are we missing something there? Is there. Because so- I think Pirates of the Caribbean was. One of the biggest rides at Disney World for a long time. Well, Amy yeah, pointed out to me that you know that that scene where I I thought we were going to get a sea shanty where you see the crew as skeletons. Amy was saying that that's what the Yo, ride is. Ho, ho. Yeah, yeah, but that that's what the ride is. It's these crew members as skeletons, and then it all stemmed yeah. from that. Which, well, like, apparently they cut they cut loads of shots from the movie um, that were basically like I, I don't I don't know the ride very well. <laughs> But like, there's like a bit of a log flume thing where you go down mm. and uh, in like you know anyway log flumey thing, and there's all sorts of things on the ride. And apparently, when they did shot the movie, they shot a lot of scenes to be references to the ride. Um, and Vavinsky, the director, was basically like, "Nah, get them the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> we we're making a movie. We're not fucking doing this trash." Um, <laughs> so like, I kind of get all the ride stuff, and I think, but but to be honest, for me, this is just kind of like. It's just pirate stuff, and the actual story yeah. is just... It feels really original, 
I think yeah. it's because yeah. we aren't familiar with the ride that like now everything is based on a comic book or but it, but know, it doesn't it doesn't detract from it it doesn't detract from it do you know what I mean like and I don't feel or you guys probably don't either that I'm missing out on anything by not experiencing the ride first do you know what I mean no totally yeah. totally yeah um, and I think that's the right decision to make really I think that absolutely is um, but I I can't think <laughs> of another movie based on a theme park ride to be honest we went to Disneyland a couple of years ago uh, pre pre end times. And, well, the um, actual Disneyland in uh... no no Paris, Chris, and uh, and yeah, yeah uh, come we, on, we, Dave, he's not made of money. <laughs> it's fucking expensive. If you, do you know how much it is to get to actual yes, Florida? That's the it's joke. ridiculous. That's yes, the joke. Ross and, I, Ross and I have been to Disneyland, but we weren't paying to get in, so we went to the free bit. Yeah, no, yeah. So we 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 were, we were like, oh, Pirates of the Caribbean, that's not... and then you're walking up, and it's you know, it was it was in like December, so it was still quite cold, but still it was good fun. And then you go around the corner, thinking, well, it's just pretty quiet. And you go around the next corner, and you're like, oh, okay, there's the queue, and it just went on for fucking ages. And we 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 went the longest we waited for was forty minutes, and it was utter hell, utter hell to go on the. Um, uh, Peter Pan ride because Callum really liked Peter Pan at the time. Amy and I were talking about, you know, I'll go to Disneyland or whatever, and she was telling me about her, regaling me with stories about her, when her and her family went in, in Florida. And we're like, oh, we went on this Harry Potter ride, and I was like, oh, I just, I, you know, I can't stand queues. I'm like, oh, yeah, we were in a queue for two hours. What? Yeah, yeah, queue two hours. But there was things in the queue that I kept entertaining. I was like, I am not, we're not going, we're not going. Ever. If I have to wait in a queue for two hours, I was like, that's like a quarter of your time there. I was like, I'm not spending that in a fucking queue. Are you mad? <laughs> Sorry, I had to get that out of my system. This the, is the, only, the only tip. Um, what's, more, what's more amazing is the bad connection that I just got like the occasional snippet of shouting yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. But we move past today because we don't we don't focus on the problems because we're professional podcasters. All right, that's what when we do. You're a my, professional podcaster. But, but just before my only tip, Ross, is if you stay in a Disneyland hotel, one one that's run by them, you can go before it opens, and so it's like two hours of quiet, and it's amazing. It's actually oh. what Disneyland should be. So I'd recommend amazing, that as a, yeah. a thing if you ever go to <laughs> Disney. Give us money. <laughs> Yeah. Thank you, Disney, us. for your benevolent. <laughs> Disney, acquire us and put us off the air, please. Go uh, on. And I, guys, they're not I paying will... us; we're just fans. Yeah, I will totally not mention the slavery thing again. I promise, honestly, I really won't mention that. So there it is, though. There's the next mention, <laughs> or the grooming, um... or the obvious grooming. <laughs> let's let's yeah. yeah let's let's wrap up. Let's uh... wrap up. So uh, I'm going to do my I'm going to do my very final thoughts here. Um, just while we're on Disneyland, um, I have just had a memory of, we went when I was a teenager with my, my family, the only time we've been, and the best ride we went on was an Indiana Jones ride, uh, and it was a roller coaster, and it was called Indiana Jones Temple of Peril Backwards, and you sat facing backwards on this roller coaster, it was absolutely fucking terrifying. Sounds um, incredible. Am I the only one who's been to fucking Disneyland? <laughs> Is that what you're I'm hearing? Poor, you're the poor one, Ross. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm absolutely the poor one. Um, and I'm pretty poor, so... <laughs> right. Uh, but on these movies, on these movies, I will say that this is a fun, like, jaunt of, like, mm. a, a movie. And I wish, I wish the, the two sequels that came directly after this were a bit more standalone because they're a mess, they're long, they're boring. But actually... Actually, if you haven't seen them, and they're all on Disney+, Plus, the fourth and fifth movies are pretty fun and light because we don't have all the baggage of all these characters. It's basically just Johnny Depp and Jeffrey Rush 
like palling around. It's like a buddy cop pirate movie, and they're kind of fun. Like they, you, mm. you know, not not horrible. <laughs> probably worth a watch. And that's what you want, isn't it? That's what you want, and that's what this film delivers. So you're well in one. <laughs> you're in one. Right, we'll end it there. Thanks, guys. Well played, Div. <laughs> See you, folks. Don't mention the slavery. <laughs> <laughs>